All right, switching gears yet again, we're going to spend the next half hour or so talking about um, Canadian troops headed to, well, they're headed to Poland. That, that's that's where they will be stationed. Uh, but our guest is Major General Retired Dennis Thompson, who uh, served 39 years in the Canadian military, multiple operations. Uh, he's been in Cyprus, Germany, Bosnia, Afghanistan, Egypt, uh, commanded NATO's task force Kandahar, Canada's Special Operations Forces from 2011 to 2014, and the Multinational Force and Observers in the Sinai from 2014 to 2017. So a wealth of knowledge on this very topic, and we're delighted he could join us this morning. Uh, Mr. Thompson, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me, Shay. Um, let's just talk about what we know about this deployment of the uh, Canadian troops, a number of them leaving Edmonton, actually, stopping off in Trenton and then moving on to Poland, where we understand they'll assist with the refugee response there. But I guess, first things first, we should make very clear, right, there, there, there's no combat operation, there's no involvement of actual fighting at all with this deployment, right? That's correct. The intention here, as I understand it, is to augment the Polish uh, territorial defense forces and to assist them in there as they sort through all these refugees that are crossing the border. Um, what does that mean to these troops? I mean, I, I'm sure it, it seems to me like when you think of Canadian troops and peacekeeping troops in these sorts of operations, and not to say we haven't done combat operations, but this seems to be in line with that, which I think we're pretty well known for around the world. Do, you, do I have that right, do you think? Well, the group that we're speaking about here, and of course you mentioned the uh, the troops from Edmonton, which I believe is the 3rd Battalion of Patricia, Princess Patricia's Canadian Light Infantry, and of course a headquarters element from Kingston, are uh, essentially, these are the, the high readiness troops that would normally be dedicated to a DART, like the Disaster Assistance Response Team, or to a non-combatant evacuation operation. So this would be right up their alley in terms of what they've been preparing for uh, with respect to their current mission. And uh, it makes perfect sense to me. We've done this before and say, for instance, when we were worried about the Syrian refugee crisis, mm -hmm. there was a group of Canadian forces sent over and they set up, they helped set up three reception centers in Lebanon, in Jordan, and, and they attempted one in Turkey, but I don't believe it came off in the end. But the, the point is that this is exactly the sort of thing that we can do or the Canadian Armed Forces can do in support of other government departments as they triage the um, these these wayward uh, Ukrainian refugees. We're talking about uh, as many as 5 million refugees reported so far by the UN that have left Ukraine. About 3 million, roughly, have fled into Poland. So, I mean, you're talking about a massive humanitarian crisis, just in terms of scope and scale. Is this going to be something brand new for, I mean, not just the Canadian troops, but all the people trying to help these, these refugees? Well, I certainly think it's unprecedented. It's, yeah. a, it's an enormous uh, refugee crisis on a scale that we haven't seen before, at least in Europe, in, in quite some time, at least since the Second World War. Uh, but again, my understanding is that these soldiers will be um, will be deployed in a variety of locations to support the Polish uh, forces. And the idea there is, of course, military to military, we talk the same language, it makes it much easier, and then that allows them to facilitate the work of people from uh, Immigration, Refugee, and Citizenship Canada to process as many of these these poor uh, Ukrainians and get them over here in, into, um, into a safer environment. Um, beyond the work that they're doing, which is vital, of course, you know, just any support they can provide, I'm wondering about what it means 
I guess psychologically, in a way, in terms of if if you're a refugee and you see these soldiers from Canada and other countries on the ground helping out and what it means to the Polish forces that are there doing the work. I mean, I imagine it just must be a, a, a morale boost, for lack of a better term. Have you seen well, that? Well, I would think, absolutely, I would think there'd be a sense of relief if you're if you're a refugee and you're on the run. Yeah. And you see a, uh, a familiar flag, and certainly Canada's flag is known to be a friendly country and one that's has a particularly large Ukrainian diaspora, so that's going to be a boost to them. And in addition, for the Polish soldiers that are working this issue, I'm sure that they will not um, be averse to having an extra set of hands helping them out in this uh, in this endeavor. Um, in terms of what Canada's doing, and I'm getting texts from people right now saying, yeah, this is great, we need to be doing so much more, we need to be doing so much more. How important is this? I mean, like you say, any help is wonderful, but do you agree? Should Canada be doing more? Is there more we can do? Well, let's back up, because this mission is going out, as you may know, under what's called Operation Unifier. Yep. And Operation Unifier was kicked off in 2015 as a mission to train Ukrainian soldiers, and typically the deployments have been around 200 soldiers at a time. It's worth noting that since 2015, the Canadian Armed Forces under Op Unifier have trained upwards of 30,000 Ukrainian junior leaders. And you can see the effects immediately and directly on the ground with respect to the performance of the Ukrainian Army versus the Russians, who are still fighting in a Soviet-style top-down leadership, whereas our Ukrainian friends have got a solid NCO Corps, non-commissioned officers, which are the backbone of any army, and are really taking it to the Russians in uh, in a fashion that has astonished everybody, uh, and, and one uh, that is directly linked to the training they received from Canada and other allies. So there, there's already been a significant Canadian contribution to this in terms of the leadership style and the maneuver uh, maneuverability of the Ukrainian army that's uh, clearly superior to what the Russians have on offer. In addition to that, there's been other things sent to the, to the region. Um, obviously, we don't have the same uh, types of weapons as the U.S. does, so uh, we'll leave that to them. But we have nothing to be ashamed of in terms of the contribution that Canada has already made to Ukraine's success uh, in, in their fight against the Russians. That's interesting. That's a viewpoint I hadn't heard before. Uh, just let me ask. So, I mean, because we've done stories before uh, with, you know, some analysts and pundits who have said Canada and the West sort of abandoned Ukraine and, and led them down, not led them down this path, but let them walk down this path very much unsupported. And we all saw this coming and we didn't do enough to bolster their security. But like you say, Canada has been involved in working with Ukraine for, for a number of years. That's the direct military involvement. I think what you're referring to is uh, uh, other elements of abandonment but that occurred at the sort of policy level. And I can think, if I just think out loud here for a second, if you, if you think of the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline from Germany, many European nations at the conclusion of the uh, annexation of Crimea in 2014 decided to open up um, natural gas facilities in their ports. And, and the, the one... Western nation or Western European nation that did not was Germany. Instead, they decided they were going to rely on the Russians. And and I think what we're talking about here is we handed them uh, a card to play, which they have effectively been playing up to this point because they're still getting money for their, their oil and gas. Uh, and, and that has made us vulnerable at, at a strategic level. But military to military, Canada has done its bit. And, uh, and I don't think, uh, and, and we can still do more, but 
I don't think uh, we have anything to be ashamed of. Uh, I, I'm <laughs> I'm convinced that the training provided by Canadian junior leaders to the leader junior leadership of Ukraine is what has made their military so effective. Interesting. I had not heard that before. Uh, a great insight. Um, well, I've got you. I don't get to talk to a, a military man as distinguished as yourself very often. Um, we're seeing all the reports of escalation and what's going on in the east and around Mariupol. Um, just give us your take on what we're seeing in Ukraine today and, and where you expect this to go in the coming hours and days. Well, I mean, it's. I don't want to speculate. It's a, it, that's always a bit of a mugs game. But uh, I, I will say this, and it, and it harkens on to my previous points. Uh, we saw how the Russian army performed in their in their attempt to take Kiev and then to de- decapitate the Ukrainian leadership, which failed miserably. It is essentially the same forces that have been re-maneuvered uh, into a position where they can take on the Donbass. And while they may successfully bombard uh, much of the area and, and turn it into uh, rubble, mm-hmm. Uh, at some point, they have to order their troops forward. And uh, we've seen how poor Russian morale is. I have no reason to believe that it's improved over the last uh, 55 days. And, and quite frankly, I, I think that uh, they're in for another rude surprise from the Ukrainians. Uh, in terms of Mariupol, that's a very tough situation to predict where it will go. Uh, there's, there's obviously some holdouts, uh, but it is indicative of just how tough Ukrainian forces are that they've been at it for 50-plus days in an urban environment and have basically fought the Russians to a standstill. It's remarkable. It really and truly is. Um, Mr. Thompson, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you joining us. My pleasure. Anytime, Shay. Thank you so much. That is Dennis Thompson, Major General, retired Major General Dennis Thompson, who served 39 years with the Canadian military.